thank you guys for watching today. We have a special guest. His name is Rob Luna. He is a great asset for you to guys to listen to if you guys are into building wealth and sustaining wealth. So today he's going to teach us a little bit about what he knows about how to build wealth and how to sustain it as well. And if you don't mind, Rob, if you can give us a little bit of background of who you are and what you do so the audience can know a little bit about you. Yeah, thanks, Warner. So, um, yeah, I've been in the wealth management space pretty much all my life. I started as an intern in college when I was 19 with a company called Waterhouse. I was a, a stock trader there, became a risk analyst for them. And uh, the short of it is uh, I went on to work for a hedge fund a few years later, uh, started their ultra high net worth division, uh, dealing with people essentially at that time, ultra high net worth was uh, was described as 3 million and above. Today it's pr pretty much 10 million and above. Um, but doing everything for those people from their accounting, their asset management, their financial planning. When you start getting into higher net worth people, I also have an undergrad uh, background in psychology. So I became a psychologist a lot with some of the family dynamics, but um, pretty much everything uh, that, that we've done. Um, over the years, I started my own firm in 2002, um, dealing primarily with entrepreneurs and professional athletes, is, which is where I've really kind of made my mark. Um, this year, 2020, it's been a crazy year, but I sold majority interest of my company to a publicly traded company. So it's allowed me to do things like this. Uh, and really what I enjoy, you know, getting onto social media, doing these types of podcasts, is my typical client, as I mentioned, has really been $10 million above in investable assets for the last several years. So today it's given me the time and freedom to kind of take all of that research, information and experience that I have helping really rich people get richer to uh, talk to people like you're listening to your podcast or just start, starting out and trying to get a really solid foundation underneath them to make sure that they're on the right path. And there's so much bad information out there to make sure that they're not digesting some of that and kind of veering off. So that's kind of why I'm here today. And what I'm doing today is really trying to take that knowledge and share with a much larger audience. That is an awesome goal to have. That's So we thank you for that yeah. uh, because I do believe that there's a lot of bad information and based on what you know, you're going to pretty much your, your life is going to become it, right? Based right. on what you have in your mind. And one thing that I noticed with you and I, and I really liked what you said is that you actually know about psychology. One question I have for you, do you think that the way you manage and obtain wealth goes based on your psychology, your mind? Oh, it's a huge amount. I mean, even, I mean, it even really goes down to, so, you know, I've, I've got a background obviously in finance and formal education in finance, but I could tell you, you know, one of the things that when you look at finance, it's really very quantitative numbers driven and a lot of the research and information and time has been spent on that. Uh, and so you learn all these things in college and everything, and then you get out there into the real world and you invest in the stock market, you invest in the real estate state market and everything that's fundamentally supposed to happen based off of those numbers doesn't always happen and you're like well what the heck is going on and so really about 10 years ago maybe 12 years ago in the major universities the Wharton University of Pennsylvania School which is also one of my alma maters um, really got heavily into something called behavioral finance and behavioral economics and that's really the study of the psychological impact of the way that we make decisions and how that actually impacts assets like the stock market, like the real estate market. And so you could see in times like 07, 08, 
fundamentally, we knew home prices shouldn't be climbing, 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 climbing. We saw that in 2000 with the stock run up. We knew in 08, 09, like maybe stocks that were, you know, $100 shouldn't be at $2, but it's that greed and fear and the emotional biases that we're all programmed to have that actually do impact asset classes. So if you're just purely focused on the economics, you're really leaving a big part out of the decision process that should be going in to the market. And in our firm, I think we've been a leader in that behavioral economics, behavioral finance, where we really look at things where people are getting really greedy and we see what's going on. And we use that as a warning sign. And then when people are really fearful and scared and nobody wants to be invested in asset classes, that's when we kind of step in. So it's once you can understand those biases that we have and how it impacts our decision making, it actually becomes a tool for us to do things that are actually pretty productive. Awesome. So when it comes to that, the, the two sections you just talked about, what do you think we are laying on right now? Is it more of a, on the greed mentality or is it more on the scarcity kind of pushing everything back? Do you know where? Yeah, yeah, I, I think, well, you know, one thing is it's kind of different. Uh, you know, we're multi-asset class investors, which means that for our investors, you know, when they invest with us, they want us to look at everything from their stocks, bonds, real estate, uh, automobile collections, you know, every, anything that you can invest in essentially. So it's kind of hard to, you know, paint a broad brush and say, okay, here's how it is across the board. I would say there's areas of the market um, like cryptocurrency potentially, uh, there's some IPO stocks that are coming out right now where there is a little bit more of a greed factor. Um, I think, you know, with uh, Robinhood and some of these online platforms that are making things so accessible now, there's really a lot of uneducated investors out there that are trading for the first time. They haven't experienced bear markets like we've experienced in 2000, 2008, where you see everything wiped out. So I think some of those guys are maybe error on the side of being a little bit greedy, and that usually doesn't end too well. So I think there's some early warning signs to be careful out there. Uh, but I think in general, and we kind of measure this by uh, cash that's on the sidelines, the big money, there's still a lot of money that's sitting in money market investments because there's a lot of people that are still skeptical. They were worried about the presidential election. Now they're worried about COVID. So I think on average, while there are pockets of greed and speculation out there, I think some of the fear is offsetting that. So I think it's a pretty balanced approach out there right now. Okay. So you think the, the market is kind of pretty balanced? I think so. Yeah. Awesome. So to, to kind of jump into what we are here to, to talk about is three principles that you think will be important for people to create wealth and sustain it. Now, what we talk about here are principles itself, correct? So for us, a principle is a set standard that you won't compromise. It's something that you believe um, becomes part of your life once you believe it and you act on it on a daily basis. So if you can maybe let us know what will be the most important principle you think will be uh, for everybody to apply in order to create and sustain wealth. Yeah, so I, I um, before I got on this podcast with you, I was, you know, kind of taking a look at some of the notes that you send over what we're going to be talking about. And, you know, fortunately, my schedule is so crazy that sometimes I'm just seeing these a few minutes before I jump oh. on. And so I looked at that, I was like, wow, that's that's pretty deep. Let me, let me, let me kind of think about that real quick. And so 
Um, I guess the principles really come from the perspective for me of how I create wealth, how I've created my own wealth, um, how I've helped other people create wealth. And I think there may be a little bit uh, broader in a sense that they could apply to a lot of things from finance to your life in general, to just overall relationships. And I would say uh, in terms of the three principles, the number one principle, speaking of that, is really um, that relationships matter. Relationships are so, so important, um, so whether those are business relationships, your personal relationships. And I say it time and time again, anything in my life uh, that's ever happened that's been good is really due to relationship. Uh, I look at that from how I got into college to just right now, for example, I was able to, you know, have this event in January. We sold our, you know, business to a publicly traded company. It was a relationship with someone I've had for about five or six years who became the CEO of the company that came back and bought us out. It's because of that relationship. They're a Canadian company who now trade in the U.S. also. But when he came to the U.S., I hey, that's the guy I'm going to call first. So it's that relationship that I had that really opened up the door. And I think, you know, people don't sometimes understand what a relationship is. And I would say it's just not about you taking from people. It's really, um, you know, about giving back to those people. And so that kind of leads me to my second principle, um, which is really, you have to invest in yourself, right? Because anytime you're gonna be in a relationship, if you're just looking to take, 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 take from somebody, you know, eventually people are gonna get sick of that and they're gonna walk away and there's not gonna be that reciprocation. And so what I tell a lot of young entrepreneurs, people that are just getting started out, I think, you know, you really need to invest in yourself and I think you need to specialize. And I think no matter what it is, whether you're gonna be a barber or a landscaper in finance or an engineer, go into with the idea you're just gonna be the best possible engineer, barber, landscaper. In my case, I just said, hey, I wanna be the best investment advisor out there. And everything I did from the time I'm, I was 19, so I'm 45 now, every single day in and day out was the idea of how do I become the best? And so when I ask people for something, it's always with the idea of what can I also do back for you? And I think, you know, to that point also, a lot of people in terms of making yourself the best, investing in yourself, give up too early on an idea, right? They're, they're a real estate broker, then they're mortgage broker, then they're stock broker, then they're, you know, selling cryptocurrencies, and then they're, you know, they've got a restaurant tour, they're all over the place, and they've never given them time themselves the time to perfect something and becoming a perfectionist becoming excellent in something you know takes years i tell young stockbrokers all the time you know it was really 10 years before i knew what i was doing you know i was telling people i had an idea two to three years in it but it's really making those mistakes experiencing different markets having you know especially i got into the market in the late 90s when everything was running up and i thought you know, i was a genius until i saw everything crash it was that experience and the experiences I had in 08 or 09, that really that combination of 22 years is what made me as good as I am today. And I have a few friends that I started out with Waterhouse in the late 90s in the, in the stockbroker trainee program who, you know, they ditched it after a year or two years and they went on to the next thing and the next thing. And these guys are still today, you're struggling to make 60, $70,000 a year because they're always check, chasing the next latest thing. And I just talked to one of them last week. He said, you know, I, I wish I would have just did what you did, stuck through it, stayed in the industry, ride the ups and downs. It would have been much better. So I would say you know, number two is specialize in something, invest in your something, become, 
you know, the best that you can. And I would say that we can go back on them, but the third principle in that sense um, would, would really be uh, in my business, I always tell our advisors, the number one goal is to make your clients a success, right? So you're building these relationships, you're investing yourself in becoming an expert. And so now the idea is to make sure that you take that expertise and that relationship, you invest back in them and you invest in them becoming great. And I think that's one of the things that I get, you know, I, I did years ago and even today, the biggest, you know, one thing about altruism, you know, giving to others, you know, I had a professor at Wharton tell me there's no such thing as true altruism, right? Because people that give, you know, hear people like uh, Bill Gates and all these guys giving their fortunes away, billions and billions of dollars. Um, yeah, they're doing that. They're great, but they, they get so much joy from that. That's what, you know, gives them the pride, the energy to go forward. So, you know, really investing in people and seeing their success, that's really what drives me. And when you can do that with people, have a good relationship, be a specialist where you're really giving real value that no one else could provide to them and using that value to help better their lives. Those three things, I think for me, harmoniously work so well uh, to create value. Like I said, I think those principles are important because whether it's, you know, religious and if it's Christian outreach and you're trying to help somebody or if it's in your own personal relationship or in business, if you focus on those three things, I think they transcend through multiple areas. That is, I absolutely love that mentality. And, and I totally believe what you're saying. Just to add a little bit to what you were saying, yeah. I think I can kind of make it more compact if, if I can. But I, I believe that I've seen this in, in many areas. You know, you always hear people saying like, you know, there's, there's a loophole for this. And there's a, there's a way, a secret way to do this. And um, I mean, you, you have so much experience on, on one single area. Right now, we're talking about wealth creation. Yeah. But in reality, you go back to the most simplest principles, being in connection with people, yeah. building relationships, um, investing in yourself, correct? So I, the way I see it is in the tax part, they say there's a lot of loopholes, but in reality, it's just really knowing what the tax law is saying, correct? Yeah. It's really understanding it. And, and that's, that's, that's the thing. When you came and you're, you're telling me that your story, you're not telling me anything complicated. People, sometimes they see it. This guy knows something. He has a secret about something, but in reality, you come back to being human, right? Yeah. You're connecting with people. You're helping them out. You're, you're doing something for them without let's say without thinking about what am i going to get from them but it's more humanistic in a way let's say that um so I, I i love that that mentality that you have to go back to to the first principle yeah you're saying relationships matter now um right one thing that i want to kind of break down on, on that principle is like how did you develop those those great relationships how are you able to just like you were saying, you have your, your friend and, and he, he was the one that actually bought your company or, or the shares of your company. Yeah. How did you develop those, those great relationships and how are you able to go into bigger, um, let's say groups, audience, people that, that you can connect with that are in a better level than, than you are? What, yeah. what do you think will be the strategy or the thing that you have done to, to achieve that? Yeah, I think it, I think that really comes down to principle number two, right, is that you have to have something to offer them, right? 
if you're just somebody who's, you know, you're just Googling stuff and that's your amount of information and you don't have any true value to bring to the relationship, then it's very hard to build a relationship. And so a lot of my stronger relationships, I probably made, you know, after 10 years, I've been doing this 23 years now. So it's probably after the first 10 years though, where I had that experience and knowledge and I was able to give back versus just take from these people. So I think that's one of the key things to building those relationships is having some knowledge, but then also in terms of being willing, I think you said something important to giving back without that expectation for immediate reciprocation. I mean, if you go into everything saying, I'm going to give something back and then, or, or hey, here's, you give your friend five bucks and then two weeks later, hey, like, when are you giving that back to me? Like, that's just, nobody wants that, right? And I, I honestly, like, look, if it's somebody every week, they're calling you, I want this, I want that. And they're constantly just taking, taking, taking from you. Yeah, that's going to get old quickly. But if you're the type of person that's going into everything and looking for something to come back to you right away, you're, you're going into it the wrong way. So I give out, you know, I had a call today. I had a call yesterday with people who can't afford my services, maybe won't be able to for several years. But I took 30 minutes, 45 minutes to give them some good information, knowing that that's probably not going to come back to me. But I do believe in the law of a larger universe or a higher spiritual being or whatever you want to do, the more good that you put out into the world that does come back to you. And I think I'm a testament to that. So in terms of building those relationships, it's really just trying to add value to those people's lives. And so, you know, the one I told you about the person who, who, who bought our business, when he saw what I was doing in terms of business, I helped him start a board for a company he was working on. Our largest client uh, at our firm today is somebody I did my MBA with. Uh, so during courses, he saw how dedicated I was to helping him and that eventually came back. So again, when I say everything good that's happened to me in my life has happened from a relationship, it really is true. That that is a totally awesome key to have. And I, and I, true, I truly believe what, what you're saying because um, I believe the more you develop yourself, just like you said, the more you're able to, to give um, part of who you are, right? right? I think even for leadership, the, the more you develop yourself, the more people are more receptive to you and they follow you more because they understand what vision you have the future therefore they they follow you so every every time i i hear this it seems like it, it goes back to one principle developing yourself having something within you in order for you to offer something to, to other people so um the real asset you have for yourself is really you it's becoming who you are and and being uh, a master at something because one thing that that I noticed and I I noted down, you said, um, and one one key that that I do understand is you're saying a lot of people can't really stay focused on one thing, and I believe that right now because of social media and and all these platforms, you see, it's just to give just to give an example, I see you and you're telling me like you know you you've got to do this in the stock market and you're like okay I should do that so. You kind of focus on that. Then another guy comes in and they're like, you know, you should focus on real estate. And you're like, okay, maybe I should. And so you're all over the place, but yeah. you never master one thing. Right. So that's the, the biggest problem that I see right now. There's actually too much information, but in reality, the, the growth of oneself should be through mastery of one subject. 
just like you're you're saying yourself i i put all my time into this 20 years i've i know what i'm talking about and from that you have the right knowledge now to apply it and become successful and not only that but give it to somebody else so the way you invest in yourself how how is it something that like how how have you developed it to become the person that you are today and and investing in yourself yeah, well, I think you hit a lot of great points, right? I mean, especially social media, that's the, uh, you know, the shiny ball syndrome. We're always chasing the next, you know, you know greatest thing. And uh, to your point that, you know, you talked about, you know, information. There's, there's a big difference, I think, between information and advice. You know, information is free. There's a lot of information out there. Everyone could get information. And so the value of information today isn't as valuable as it was years ago. And I always tell, you know, all my employees, um, what you know today has rapidly diminishing value. So everything you think you know today in a week is going to be less valuable and a year is going to be less valuable and in three years it might be worthless. So you constantly have to replenish that knowledge. And so what I talk about to people is, yeah, you can Google anything about stocks or real estate or wine investing out there. That information, though, only becomes value, but when someone with experience and actual execution ability then puts that information together in a cohesive format that applies to specifically to your life and then execute it in a way that's going to make your life better, right? So that's the whole idea out there. That's what you pay. You don't pay for information. You pay for advice and experience, right? And so that's, you know, one of the key things. So I, from day one, you know, I've got four different degrees. I've paid over a half a million. And a lot of people are out there telling you, you know, you don't need a college degree and car college is garbage. And, you know, ask them how many degrees they have. Ask them how long they've spent at university. Ask them, at, you know, an acceptance of, of 800 people that applied and they only took two, you know, and, and you're one of the two that get to, to diminish people's education, I think is really about insecurity, right? And so I'm always the first one to say that, do you need to take the path that I did and, and get these many college degrees? Absolutely not. Because in the same aspect, I will never say you have to go to college or you need to go my path. I will always say that you have to educate yourself, right? You have to invest in yourself. So for me, being in finance, it's just kind of the prerequisite, right? You don't get the job unless you have a college degree. It's kind of a, the, you know, that you have to go that route. And so for me, I had to do that. But I did a lot of additional education out, outside of that. I did designation programs outside of that. Uh, I sat with a lot of great investors and spent time with them. So I've constantly been educating myself. You know, I finished my second master's degree, my second MBA in 2016. And that was the point, though, where I said, OK, in terms of formal education, I'm kind of done with that. Uh, because I felt like, you know, I just wasn't getting that much more at that point. And really, I think now my education is becoming from daily experience. It's really now becoming more outside of my own uh, area of expertise. So I think in terms of what I know, it, it's evolving, but now I, I'm kind of a thought leader in our industry. I was just talking to a thousand advisors today on a conference before you across the, the industry. This is what I know, but I think after a certain point in time, uh, it's incremental, the amount of knowledge. But you talk about social media, and I you know, I kind of asked you how you found me, and you said through, through Albert Preciado, who's a friend of mine, 
I wasn't on Instagram last year. I didn't believe in social media. You know, I'm on Fox Business every Friday. I do CNBC. I do Bloomberg. I've been all I've been in the Wall Street Journal, Bloomberg. So to me, it's like that's all that mattered. And then I've realized, though, especially over the last several months, that social media is so much more important. It's so much more impactful. You know, my daughter who's going to be 13 doesn't even know what Fox business is. like she watches YouTube and Instagram and Snapchat and that's how they consume media today. So really even within my own industry though, I invest in people like Albert who are leading me to understand there's you know a broader spectrum of and one of my degrees is actually in media. So I understand media, uh, but they're you know opening up my eyes to other things. But what's great about that is I then take a look at okay what's going on in social media and the importance of that and I start understanding okay well Look at Coca-Cola's ad budget, some of these other big corporations. It's shifted so much from traditional media to social media that that's now actually helping me with the analysis I do on companies in finance, right? So I think, you know, from that aspect, just always, always learn, always look outside of, you know, other industries to innovate. Don't just stay within your own uh, industry. And uh, I'm, I'm just, and, and to your point, I think, my path, a lot of people will think, well, I got to be a financier. That sounds cool or whatever it is. I respect the guy who's just the best um, uh, flower shop owner in the world or the best barber in the world. I'm the kind of guy that, you know, cries when somebody wins a gold Olympic, literally I, a gold medal at the Olympics, because I just have so much appreciation for what it takes to reach a level of excellence. And I don't value somebody who's in finance uh, any less than I have a guy who's the best mechanic in the world, right? That area of expertise, that uh, passion for quality and that commitment is really what inspires me. That's awesome. So pretty much you like, in a way we can say, you like mastery. You like- I love mastery. Becoming the person that knows everything about one subject. Is that correct? Yeah, and that's that's when you look at my circle of influence, who, people who I hang out and spend my time with, we all have just vastly different knowledge set. Like we couldn't be more different people, but that's key, right? Because I don't want to be a master of all, uh, what do they say, jack of all trades, master of none, right? Or you know a little bit about everything because then what value to provide? Like I, and I always tell our advisors, like I'm our number one client. Cause like when I hire a CPA or I hire an attorney, I do my due diligence to make sure that that's the best guy out there, but then I step away because I trust their expertise and guidance to lead me, right? And so I want to be with specialists. I don't want to be with generalists. Uh, if I go, if God forbid something happens to me and you, know, you have a cancer scare or something, you're going to find the best oncologist out there, go out there and you're going to trust them. You're not going to second guess them. So yeah, mastery is what really drives me. And those are the people that I surround myself around with. So no matter what I need in my life, I know I've got the best guy or girl to go to. Great, great. So I, I'm getting a lot, of, a lot of good stuff from you. Uh, one thing that I noticed is that pretty much um, what I understood and I and cut my attention, two things. You said value of things just really drop tremendously nowadays because so much there's so much acceleration for everything and just like you were saying like um knowing some information just like you said like being in fox but actually understanding that everybody's moving to social media you have to to jump into the to the train knowing that the knowledge for for moving forward 
it's brings you the success you have too. like being able to be open-minded i guess that, that would be the, the best way to put it and and one other thing that that you said that i really like is pretty much once you become a master at something people don't don't pay you for your information they actually pay you for your strategies right i really really love that that's an awesome way of of seeing things because in reality that's what the person is missing how do i get the strategy going well, well think about it if you have two doctors right that both go to you know one of my, my favorite alma mater is ucla so if they both go to ucla medical school for example right uh they both get the same education but and you know they both do the same surgeries but one's done twenty thousand surgeries and one's on his fourth <laughs> which one do you want right they both have the same information uh, they both went to the same school, but one guy's done this 20,000 times. You're going to be his 20,000 first, or you're going to be the fifth. I'm always going to go for the guy who's done it 20,000 times because it's that experience that's taken that knowledge base and is really seeing all different things that could happen. And that's the value of, you know, they always say, and I think it's you know a little bit overstated, but there's no substitute for experience, but it really is true. That's a great thing to have in mind. And to jump into the third one, you said your client your client's success is your success yeah so pretty much making sure that whatever now that you are providing let's say the strategy now with your with your investment in yourself and now being able to provide a strategy for for someone else based on your mastery now understanding and putting the time for their success will bring you more success is that correct yeah, I mean, it's true, right? You have to invest in the outcome for your clients. So us, we do private wealth management. So a lot of times the goal is I want to retire uh, at this age. I want to send my kids or my grandkids to college. Here's all the things I want to do. So it's a very clear pass or fail. Uh, so if our clients can retire when we said they were, they could send their kids to college. That's kind of our, you know, our, our grade card. And so thankfully, uh, you know, I started the business in 02. So after 18 years, um, we've, we've done pretty well. And, you know, 90% of our business is referrals. So without those referrals, we wouldn't be where we're at today. But that, again, that transcends through everything, right? Look at Yelp. You know, if you're a restaurant, if you are not feeding good food to your clients and treating them well, that's going to get out there on Yelp and your client's failure is going to be your failure because you'll probably be put out of business. So you need to make sure, I think in today's day and age, especially of social media, um, whatever it is that you're doing, uh, you're doing a good job for your customer. You're making sure that they have great outcomes or else the world's going to hear about it. Once the world hears about it, uh, it's, you know, we're all in a reputation business. If your reputation gets damaged, you're not going to be able to be very successful. Got it. Now, is there um, a strategy that you have to make sure that your client is taken care of or has been successful? Well, I think it really just comes down to understanding what's the most important thing to them, right? And so from that behavioral component, I think, you know, a lot of times and really what's helped, you know, our business really flourish and, you know, we're a multi-billion dollar business now is that it was really, um, we saw this gap in our industry where it was really all these models, generic based planning, and because it was very scalable and cheap to be able to provide to where we really said, no, it's not what we want to do. We want to do a customized approach to where we really want to invest in our client instead of just saying, hey, here's what's important to you. We ask them, right? Because I think a lot of times in general, people just think, well, I want to make more money or I want to do this. But when you ask, why do they want to make more money? 
well, it's because, you know, I have a daughter with special needs and I'm worried that she's not going to be able to take care of herself when I'm gone. That's a big difference versus just beat the S&P 500 index, right? So there's a lot of other things that we do to make sure in the planning process that we set up trusts and estates that are there well beyond when they leave to make sure their daughters. So it's really just about that getting invested in your customers. So if you're a restaurant, you're a finance shop, whatever it is, going beyond just the, the, the shell and understanding what really is important to that client, what's driving them. When you can meet those deeper needs, um, that's what differentiates you. And I think that's what really makes a customer from just being a happy customer to making them a raving fan of yours. And once you create raving fans, that's where you see the success take off. Perfect. Just based on the principles you have, I think you have a great, a great mentality, a great mindset to, to keep your success going. Sustainability goes based on pretty much those principles you're applying and practicing on a daily basis. So which, can you tell me for yourself, for your, um, your own perspective, how important do you think principles are for life and business? I mean, they're everything, right? I mean, you're, you're, like I said, really your reputation is everything. At the end of the day, you know, money comes and go, cars are great, homes are great, but, you know, I think, you know, Steve Jobs, you know, said in his, uh, you know, famous uh, commencement speech at Stanford, you know, there's a, a rec there should be a recognition that we're all born dying, right? And that someday we're all gonna be dead and we can't take any of this stuff with us. So if you have kids, family, anyone, friends, clients, it's really gonna be, what are they saying about you when you're gone, right? It's not gonna be the crap that you bought them. Or, it's gonna be how you made them feel, what you did for them, what type of person you are. And so, you know, I, I know your show is about principles. So everyone comes on here and they have their own three different principles, but I would say at the end of the day, um, all of our principles that probably you talk about that I'm talking about, they're very intertwined, right? Because you could say, well, ethics is a principle. Right. Yeah, you have to be ethical or you can't have a good relationship with somebody. You definitely can't deliver value without being honest because if you're screwing people, that's not gonna work, right? So I think principle living, being ethical uh, and, and really sticking true to those, even if, you know, I, I could tell you, um, I probably could have made a lot more money than I did in my career five, 10 years sooner if I was willing to take shortcuts, if I was doing, willing to do things that paid me more versus the things that were right, God's honest truth, I could have. But to your point, the sustainability of that, right? You see how many people skyrocket. They've got the fancy cars, watches, homes. The next thing you know, they're in prison or they're broke, or it's because how do they get those things so fast, right? And so you can do that, or you could screw people uh, for, for quite a while, but eventually I think all that stuff catches up to you. So the sustainability of principle living, and that's really what I'm about with my clients. It's not about getting them rich for a week or a year. It's about, well, we always tell them, we're gonna get your financial house in order and keep it there for the rest of your life, right? You don't wanna have a great house, car, whatever is important to you, and then you lose it all. It's about that sustainability. And I think without staying true to yourself and true to those principles, it's impossible to have sustainability. And that's, that's the key measure to me. I, I love that. So I, I thank you for, for giving us that, that information. I think that the three principles you have are very key and they are powerful for somebody that wants to be successful and chase success and obtain it and maintain it as well. So before we wrap everything up, 
is there a way that people, even if you have a great amount of wealth or just maybe one advice, is there a way that they can reach out to you? Yeah, so I, mean, I think the, the I do a thing called uh, Wealth Talk on YouTube every week. It's about 10 to 15 minutes. Uh, so if you follow my YouTube channel, it's youtube.com forward slash Luna Rob. I put something out every week. It's, you know, good actionable advice. I talked about minimizing taxes last week. Not sure what I'll talk about this week, but I'm on Instagram. I just got on there. So I'm trying to, to build that up. I have some courses that are going to be extremely affordable that'll be coming out in January uh, for those people who are looking for information on personal finance and our entrepreneurship. So you can check that out um, or just, you know, shoot me a DM. Like I'm always happy if it's, I think the courses are going to be really affordable, but even if you come to me and say, Hey, it's something I just can't afford. Uh, I'll be giving out scholarships for that. And I'm also always, I can't do it every day, but willing to take 30 to 40 minutes. If, if you honestly don't have the money and you just need good advice, um, I'd love to, you know, like, I'll always jump on a call or a Zoom or, or something like this with somebody. All right. Well, on behalf of everybody, thank, thank you, man. Thank you okay. for, for actually being open, for being able to give back. That's an awesome to live by. So I thank you for that. And if you guys need any advice, any, any strategies, or you guys want to contact Rob, we are going to put a link on the bottom for all his social media, his YouTube so we'll put all the, the links in the bottom so you guys can follow him. And once again, we want to thank you for taking the time for being here. We really appreciate it. I, I really hope that, that this information helps a lot of people in, in many ways. And thank you for sharing your, your experience and sharing your, your thoughts and, and your philosophy. Is there any last thoughts you want to add by any chance? No, I think you covered it, but I'm a Leo, so that's a great picture behind you there. Keep that one up there. That's a, that's good. But th thanks for having me. I appreciate your time, and hopefully it you know, provided some good information to your, to your audience.